it's the unglamorous stuff Man, about it's exercise. It's so relatable, though. <laughs> it is so relatable. But you don't see anyone ever talking about <laughs> boobs while running. <laughs> like... It's Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out but know they should. I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. And I'm Sarah, I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. In the Wiley Instagram account, we received an incredible message from a listener and we wanted to share that with you. Yes, Karen wrote to us and what she said was so on point that we just had to talk about it today. Karen writes... Hi, Gab and Sarah. Love the podcast. Your message really resonates with me. 22 minutes a day. What a revelation. That feels achievable and it's helped me switch my thinking. I did want to ask if you'd thought about an episode on what it's like to exercise or start exercising in a bigger body. I'm currently attempting to start a graduated running program for my brain more than anything else. And I'm finding that the experience of exercise is qualitatively very different in my current 40-year-old, post-two babies, fairly overweight body than the last time I got into exercise. There are lots of practicalities, wrangling chest, managing belly while running, chafing, extra pressure on the joints and ankles, post-baby pelvic floor, etc. It would be great to get some direction on. To be clear, my bigger body isn't a moral failure or a referendum on my personal value, but it is something that presents extra things to think about when I exercise. Thanks again. Love the pod. P.S. Your post got me to finally sign up for the organ donors register, so you're definitely doing good on the gram. Woo! (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Karen. And yes, uh, there's a lot to talk about in this incredible message. Um, We are absolutely going to talk about some of the things that have helped Sarah and I to exercise and things that have made us feel more comfortable um, exercising. But firstly, If you're able to sign up for the organ donor register, it's super quick and easy to do and it might save a life. The website is donatelife.gov.au and all you need is your Medicare card. You jump on there, put your Medicare card in, punch in your details, two minutes. Seriously, it's so quick. I did it and I've already received my organ donor card in the mail. Um, Ah, nice. Yeah, it happened super quickly. And um, it's also super important to have a chat with your family members as well to confirm that they know your wishes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This was all inspired by the incredible Emmy who spoke to us on the pod about her experience with kidney failure and organ transplant and how exercise was something that helped her mentally and physically get through all of that. Yes, and we'll definitely put that episode in the show notes if you haven't heard it. Emmy is incredible. Indeedy. Indeedy. (sighs) All right, so Karen, holy shit. I just love, I love (laughs) this message so much. I know, I know. And you know what? I would say, Karen, that exercising with a bigger body has been my experience for many, many years now. And, I, you know, I don't want us to get too caught up in, in you know, smaller is better or, you know, what oh, is... shit, no. <laughs> none of that sort of stuff. But I, no. kn- I know what you mean when you say bigger body, when, when you don't feel like you did when you were 20, you know? Yes. Life has happened. Things That's have happened. It. <laughs> there are just some practical things that you kind of need to take into consideration. Mm. And, and that's just the, you know, it's kind of the sensible thing to do. Absolutely. So... I have some, well, we both do, but I've definitely got some suggestions for bras, for active wear, for shoes that have helped me feel more comfortable. And I'm definitely going to um, share some of those today. 
But I guess I wanted to give a bit of a background of my journey. And Sarah, I know that you'll do the same. Um, My exercise journey, as in literally the thing that Sarah and I have been able to achieve only in the last few years, you know, in terms of having a regular exercise habit, my exercise journey actually happened after I lost a bit of weight. And I think that actually helped me. So a few years ago, like pre-COVID, I was 100 kilos I was very unfit. I felt awful. I felt tired all the time. And I also had constant foot and heel pain, like this weird pain Mm -hmm. in my heels when I walked that just appeared. And there was no sort of reason for it other than I think that gradually just a gradual um, weight increase was obviously putting pressure on different parts of my body. And then my body was literally trying to feed that back to me and say, hey, you're asking me to do a bit too much. Um, So I got to a point where I just felt, so awful that I I knew that I needed to lose weight. And again, I know this is not the podcast for making women feel bad about themselves and making you think that you've got to exercise to lose weight and anything like that. But there is something to be said, and Sarah, I know as a doctor, you'll agree, there is something to be said for um, healthy weight management. And I I was not healthy and I knew it and I felt it. Um, So I actually did the CSIRO total wellbeing diet and I lost 12 kilos. Now, it's a 12-week program. You, you can then kind of roll on to another 12 weeks and then you kind of keep going if you want to. But the initial 12 weeks, um, basically, you get a diet and exercise plan and you get all the details you need from an app. You also get sent a lot of really great tutorial information from CSIRO. Um, and if you finish the 12 weeks, you actually get your money back. So, it's Investment. Which is brilliant, which I did not know. <laughs> no, you don't That's... get that from any other exercise program or any other diet right, program. No. <laughs> kind of defeats um, the purpose of big fitness and <laughs> big diet. And... Well, I think CSIRO is actually genuinely in it for Australians' public health, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the catch. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Exactly. They're, they're not really in it for, for profit. And so obviously all heavily backed by science. And it's. I think when I signed up, it was couple of hundred bucks. Now, I know that's a big investment, but as I said, if you do the 12 weeks, you actually get your money back. I think the catch is that you have to put your progress into the app every week. And that's obviously so that they can use your data to help them with public health and that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, you you get a lot of bang for your buck and then you get your buck back. Um, It was was super easy to follow and one of the best things I've ever done. It was so achievable. The food was real, real recipes that are really easy. I never felt hungry and there's still room for fun stuff in your diet too, because we're human and, you know, that's, it's not sustainable to be super restrictive. Um, It also did come with workouts. Like it literally has a daily um, workout for you to follow, but I never did any of them. (laughs) I I literally just did food only because at that time of my life, I I clearly hadn't developed a daily exercise habit and um, I just couldn't tackle two things at once. So for me, I was like, I just want to focus on the diet now and then at some point I'll get to the exercise, which is inevitably what happened. Yes. that's now, brilliant. Yeah, like but but at the same time I want to say I don't I'm not saying this to say that you need to lose weight first before you start an exercise program. That's definitely not what I'm saying. This is just my experience and I think it did help when it did come time to setting some systems in place to create a daily exercise habit. I did think I benefited from the fact that I was 12 kilos lighter than when I, you know, if I'd started at the same time as the diet. Mm. And I also think it's a bit more achievable if you pick one 
over the other it, it, rather than trying to do everything at once. You know what I mean? It's harder oh, when you just try to overhaul it. your whole life. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm going to wake up and be an entirely different person yes. tomorrow. Yes. You uh, you introduced me to that. I, I haven't done the CSIRO wellbeing diet myself, but you introduced me to it and then I got stuck into reading about it and I recommend it to so many of my patients who are at a point in their own health journey where they, you know, it's been established that they would do well to lose a little bit of weight for their health mm-hmm. and, uh and the feedback that I get from my patients is also awesome because it's not, it's not a quick fix. It's no. not, it's not, you know, you have to buy special food. You don't have to, you know, you're not committed to, you know, special shakes or whatever. It's, it's real food, but there's some instruction, there's some guidance and it's, and it's evidence-based. It's brilliant. It's, I highly recommend it. Again, only if you're at a point where you know that you're probably carrying a bit too much weight for your health. And as Sarah will talk about, if you have had a sit down chat with your GP at a checkup and they've said, yeah, you know what, I think it might actually be beneficial for your health if we start looking at some of those, you know, some start looking at your weight and how we can kind of reduce it a little bit. For sure. Which, which leads me to my first point, which is that if you are getting back into exercise after a lengthy break or if you're you know, embarking on exercise for the first time, mm. um, it's a really good opportunity to go and have a chat with your GP. It's, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to get your blood pressure checked. Um, if it's been some time since you've had some blood work done, consider chatting to them about things like checking your iron levels, having a look at what your blood sugars are like, getting a quick glance at your lipid profile. These tests can be individualised based on your own medical history, your family history, GPs like me love it. <laughs> we love it when our patients are actually motivated to make some really positive changes for their health. So they will love you for it. It is not a waste of their time. Make an appointment, go and sit down, and you'll also get a real kick out of seeing how exercise improves these metrics when you go back for a follow-up, you know, six months, 12 months down the track. Mm. It's, um, it's, I think it's really important before you launch yourself headfirst into something, just... Make sure you're doing it safely. Get a couple of checks done. Yeah. I I also very much know what it feels like to exercise in a different body to the one that I used to have. Mm. Um, and, I mean, in, in my adult life, my weight has yo-yoed, fluctuated, probably, you know, about 25 kilos from, from top to bottom, and I sit somewhere in the middle of there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, Gab, this is not a podcast about how to lose weight. Um <laughs> But exercising in a different body or a bigger body to the one that you may have exercised in in a previous point in your life, it is different and, and you need to approach things a little bit differently. Mm. Um, an example that uh, that comes to mind is that when I first started doing yoga again in like 2019 or 2020 after a really long break, um, you know, people would refer to child's pose as being like a rest pose. This is like... You know, we just pop into child's pose and do yep. a little rest. Take a rest. Take a moment. Take, take a rest. rest. Yep. But my 40-plus-year-old hips and and my belly yep. were absolutely getting in the way. So I had inflexible hips and I had, you know, a decent tummy and I just couldn't be comfortable. I certainly yep. couldn't rest in that position. But I realised that I was trying to force my body to do things that my body couldn't currently do. And... Uh, Definitely in 
in, in previous times I probably just would have given up. Mm. I was like, no, let's just, let's see if we can modify it. And as soon as I realised that you could do a child's pose essentially with your knees wide apart as opposed to being close together, I'd created a little bit of space for my belly oh, to sit. Oh, good. It was more comfortable for my hips. Yes. And and so I know that's just one example, but there are ways to modify things which which mean that you can still proceed to do them safely. You've just got a different body to the one that you used to have before, and that's okay. Um, the, the other thing I would definitely say is that, yay, fantastic, getting back into exercise, woohoo, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. will eventually feel amazing for it. <laughs> but at the beginning, it's going to feel like shit. Yes, and it always does. <laughs> and be kind of mentally prepared for the fact that getting into exercise after a long break or if it's your first time or if you've now got a different body post childbirth, post whatever, it's going to it's going to feel hard. It's, go- it's going to be hard. So mm. kind of mentally prepare yourself for that. Take it really slow. But there is a big difference between delayed onset muscle soreness or what we call DOMS, D-O-M-S, and an injury. So when you've, you know, you've, you've gone back to the gym for the first time or you've done a yoga session for the first time and then, you know, 24, 40 hour, 48 hours later. Everything, everything hurts. You can't sit down on the toilet. <laughs> everything bloody hurts. You're like clasping the walls as you lower yes. yourself to, to, to do a pee. <laughs> and it gradually gets better. Yeah. That is delayed onset muscle soreness. That's that's your muscles doing things that they really haven't had to do for a very long time, and there's a period of adjustment. Mm. That's very different to pushing through the pain of an injury. So if things are feeling painful, please stop. You know, particularly at the time of doing exercise. when you're exercising. Exactly. This is from the lady that's already, you know, owned up to the fact on this podcast previously that I ran with a torn... Yeah, a a partially torn hamstring. Like Like you felt yourself do it and you kept going. Because I was just like, I've got to get to 5Ks. (laughs) Stupid, stupid idea. And was was a major setback um, that required weeks of physiotherapy. So don't, you know, when you are, when you're doing something for the first time, don't, don't push through the pain. That's bullshit. If you feel something weird, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, 100%. Sure. You're going to get the delayed onset muscle soreness but it's the injuries that we want to avoid. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so coming back to a couple of the other things that Karen was talking about in terms of um, things to think about when you're exercising in terms of stomach, chafing, pelvic floor, all that kind of stuff, boobs, wrangling boobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm going to leave that one together. <laughs> I have some not because, things. <laughs> not because I don't have boobs, but yours are more illustrious than mine will ever be, my love. <laughs> my goodness. I need to tell you about this website where you can actually properly measure your bra size. Um, but I highly recommend sports bras from Sports Bras Direct. It's sportsbrasdirect.com.au. And I do apologize for the plain noises. I'm under the busiest flight path in Sydney tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, sportsbrasdirect.com.au. Basically, there are options there for you to get some Kevlar-level support, which is what I need. <laughs> like, you want to be fucking strapped in. I am a double F slash G cup, so I I need to feel like those babies aren't moving, aren't going to, you know, swing back and break my nose if I run. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, 
That's what I'm like. If you don't have so good tell support. me how did the accident happen? Well, <laughs> I went running. <laughs> One of my Fs hit my G. <laughs> Sports Bras Director of U, Amy runs it. She donates a portion of the profits to women's charities so you can do good while feeling supported. The sports bra that I bought from um, Amy a few years ago now is the Freya Active Epic Underwired Crop Top. Uh, I've had it for years and I absolutely love it. I'm not sure if that particular one is still available, but Amy does this um, incredible thing where she writes blog posts and she goes through different types of bras depending on different types of activities, wired, underwired, and she kind of rates and reviews and does a bit of a pros and cons for you. So she's done all the research, she's tried them all out, and then you can kind of pick one that you think will suit you. Um, highly recommend that. And as she's I mentioned, she's a professional boober. She's a boober. Um, and she's been looking after these boobs oh, for years now. Seriously, I, I can't tell you how much my life changed when I got that proper, full on, strapped in, underwired crop top. It was amazing. Um, I mentioned before, if you don't know what bra size you are, and I didn't until recently, seriously, for most of my life, I've been wearing like a 14 double D. And I am a double F slash G. Like I'm not even, not even close to where I thought I was. Not in the ballpark. Not in the ballpark at all. And then when I, I actually ordered the correct actual bra, not sports bra, but actual bra recently, and I put it on, I was like, like when it arrived, I opened it up, and I was like, fuck this, I've fucked it up again. This is going to be so big. This is huge. <laughs> this thing is monstrous. These are like watermelon sized cups. And then I put it on, and it was perfection. And I was like, oh. Oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. <laughs> You're supposed to be encased beautifully in this cup. Anyway, if you don't know what bra size you are, you can head to, and I'll put the link in the show notes, the She Science websites. It's a bra uh, website. Um, and they, there's a brilliant video where they actually explain how to measure your bra size. And it was seseriously life-changing. And I guarantee you, you're probably wearing the wrong size. <laughs> so yeah, please. and... and- Boobs change size throughout your life. So even like even if you literally weigh the same weight that you did when you were 20, 30, 40 or 50, there's a good chance that your boobs are different sizes to what they were at, at different decades of your life. So, mm. yeah. And also just different sizes. Like my left boob is bigger than my right boob. <laughs> my right boob is bigger than my left boob. What? Maybe we should swap. No, you would yeah. be very, we'd be very wonky we'd be if we very did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to tights. So this is to deal with um, stomach, like feeling like your your stomach isn't wobbling around. I know that feeling so so well, um, and also to help with chafing. You know, if if um, if you want to move away from wearing shorts or anything like that, that might rub more. Tights that I use are from Active Truth. So this is a company started by two mums from Brisbane, Stevie and Nadia. They have an incredible range of size inclusive activewear and these are the best tights I have ever worn. They have pockets for your phones and your keys, pockets on the sides. Um, they're high-waisted. They literally mm. hold everything in. And seriously, I need a high waist. I need oh, a high waist. you got to get the high waist. Um, and when I say they hold everything in, like the, the actual material they use, it's not – it, they're not awful to put on. You know how sometimes when t- when um, activewear tights are really mm. thick, it's actually just an incredibly painful and awful experience to actually mm. put them on and they, it's so demoralising that you would just avoid using them. I've got a whole pile of those types of tights that I just don't wear because... I got rid of them all. <laughs> Good. But these these Active Truth ones have never made me feel like that And when, but they also they're thick enough that you do feel very supported and, um, you know just incredible when you wear them. So I highly recommend Active Truth. 
For shoes, Sarah, you and I both agree on this one. Yes. You do not skimp when it comes to shoes. No. I can't do the lovely, slim, stylish runners that have no support that make people's feet look amazing. <laughs> I just can't do it. I have to go for the most chunky, supported, thick ASICs that I can find. Ugly um, shoes are in, baby. Oh, you got to do it. Yep. Um, so the Gel Keanu is is a particularly good one for running or that sort of high-impact activity, but you can totally wear them for walking and anything else you do. Um Usually I jump on catch and I wait till they're on sale because the gel Keanu's can be an investment. Um, yes. But I also don't need to buy the latest iteration of them. Like I was going to say, it's also, it's also part of, part of the industry, <laughs> exactly. part, of, part of big fitness. You must have the, the most recent version because you'll miss out on the yeah. model. No. <laughs> you miss out on the air pump from last year or whatever. Yeah. Who cares? So I always go on catch and I wait till like last year's models are now out of fashion and I get a really good deal on those whenever I'm yes. ready to upgrade. Yeah, and I would go as far as to say that that they are still, they remain my absolute go-to pair of sneakers, mm. running shoes, whatever you want to call them. Um, I don't think the quality is quite as good with the newest models as they Ooh. were with some of the older models. Spicy. And so, it, to me, it's just an extra reason. that If you can get, like, a brand new pair but of the 2019 or 2020 yes. model, yeah. They will be cheaper. I think they're better quality. Yeah, they will be so much cheaper also. Mm. Um, and tops, I know that moisture wicking is seems like a, a marketing kind of buzzword or, you know, sort of hype from big fitness to sell you um, active wear that you don't need, but moisture wicking material is genuinely the bee's knees. There is a reason why elite sports athletes have all migrated to this type of clothing technology. Um, I've got a, a few moisture wicking shirts from Nike. I basically have three and I just wear them over and over again. I don't care if anyone thinks that I wear the same active wear every day. But honestly, when I went from, because I used to just run or walk um, in just an old sleeping t-shirt and, and an old sort of jumper, I'd just chuck it on. I still do. Right. I, and I, was, I, have the, I have the fancy bottom half of the outfit, but I'm always just in a stocko, sweaty, cotton Just any cotton T-shirt. Yeah, honestly, when I, when I upgraded, I felt like I was a different human. Like I wasn't carrying as much material, mm, yeah. if that makes sense. I get it, sweaty. Yeah, it did make a difference. And especially if you're running or doing any kind of um, higher intensity physical activity, any little bit of weight that you can avoid carrying on your person is better. Seriously, moisture wicking, running shirts, the best. Be fast like a <laughs> very, very slow jog, but <laughs> slightly less slow than I was before. Oh, fantastic. So uh, Karen also mentioned a little bit of a chat about post-baby pelvic floor stuff. In terms of pelvic floor, if you haven't already, you can listen to Gab's chat with her brother, Adrian, about how to build core strength. We'll put the, uh, we'll put the episode in the show notes, but it's a really good place to start if you are wanting to develop some core strength, work on some pelvic floor conditioning. Um, yeah, great place to begin. And uh, and damn, if Adrian isn't good on the mic. <laughs> you know what? I messaged him to say, uh, I told him about Karen's message and I was like, can we get you on next week to talk about, um, you know, things like a graduated running program? Like how do you actually start something like running if you're doing it for your mental health and for your fitness, but you haven't done it for ages or you're doing it as Karen said, mm. in a bigger body than you would have previously, you know, maybe 20 years ago, would you be keen to jump on and um, just kind of explain to us how to how to start, how to do that and how to avoid, you know, 
joint injuries, ankle injuries, that kind of stuff. And he was like, oh, look, maybe it'd be better if I just write you some notes and you could read them out. And I was like, you're already (laughs) trying to avoid getting on the mic because he was so nervous. Oh, bloody hell, that's incredible because he sounded fantastic. But he did. Anyway, a oh. couple of other thoughts that I had. So particularly when uh, when I lived in Brisbane, trying to exercise in a bigger body in the heat oh. and that Queensland humidity, oh. uh, I'd strongly recommend investing in a pair of like bike shorts that you can wear under a pair of shorts. You can also then wear them under just your regular clothes if you're wearing a dress out to catch up with friends at the pub. If you know that you're going to be doing a bit of walking and you want to avoid the inevitable chafing because you, like 99.9% of the rest (laughs) of the female population, don't have a magical thigh gap, then, uh, yeah. What? You mean your thighs rub together and cause chafing? Outrageous. (laughs) Um, Exactly. So, Moddy Body make a great pair. So, it means that they are, they will absorb any kind of sweaty moisture that you might get down there, which also actually has kind of a positive flow on effect to reducing things like thrush. So, little side note. And if you've got a little bit of bladder leakage, then they're a great option. You can also then wear them when you've got your period without having to wear anything else. But slip those on under a pair of shorts or slip them on underneath your workout gear. Game changer. Yes. Yes. There's also some good anti-chafing products out there. There's one called Body Glide, which (laughs) I think sounds far sexier than a chafing balm should, but... (laughs) Again, it's it's another one of those game changers. It's uh, you just you literally apply it, and and chafing doesn't just happen downstairs. Mm. Like I can definitely remember times that I've had kind of chafing where probably my non-moisture wicking t-shirt was. Yeah. Um, but chafing under the arms, chafing under the boobs, slide a bit of glide on, and it can <laughs> dramatically <laughs> reduce how much chafing you'll get. So I think you can – I bought it online. I don't know where you get it from, but Body Glide, um, there's some show tragic- notes. Show notes, baby. We'll find yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> there, are some, there are some tragic names for chafing products out there, <laughs> particularly for men, all the ones about sweaty nuts and – anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, and we were talking bras before. I said I'm not the bustiest lady, but the older I get, the more I notice that – my boobs are changing and I'm just so much more prone to the cyclical breast pain that comes the week before my period is due. Mm. I, I double bra. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm I'm I I don't I don't do the underwire. I, I don't typically require the full Kevlar bodysuit. <laughs> um so I actually have uh booty is the the name of the just the they're just elasticized bras. Yeah. But at that time of the month when, when the boobs are sore, when I have cyclical nostalgia, um, a double bra. It double really, bra. really helps. Take that cyclical nostalgia. Indeed. Take it. <laughs> um, and my my last tip is is curate your social media. Ooh. If you are exercising in a body that feels different to the body that you used to have, if it's a little bit bigger, if it's a little bit older, find gorgeous women who are also exercising in bigger bodies, older bodies, instead of allowing your feed to kind of get filled up with the perfect 21-year-old size sixes who are Mm. amazing. And I 
wish them all the best, but they do not represent me. No, no. I do not look like that. I do not feel like that. A couple of uh, a couple of recommendations um, to start with is a a UK woman called Sarah with Skipping with Sarah at yes. Skipping with Sarah on her Instagram. She's brilliant. Yes. She um she she takes no bullshit. No. Um, she has really good beginner programs. Um, she's just really kind of positive and mm. and without being saccharinely so. Mm. Um, the other recommendation is you introduced me to her, Training with Joan. Yes. So she is an older lady who kind of found fitness. I think she was in her late 60s or early 70s then. I think she's 75 now. Yes. Um, she is wildly inspiring mm. and also could probably bench press me three times. <laughs> but um, But it's a reminder that just because you're not 21 anymore – doesn't mean that there's not still a pathway for you to use exercise to get a little bit fitter, a little bit healthier. Um, so, yeah, curate your social media. Yes. And also have a look at who you are following now and give give anybody that makes you feel bad about exercising the old heave-ho. Mm, see you later. Like, honestly, there's so many fit fitness people, you know, selling stuff to you on Instagram and, and various social media outlets now. And, and we've talked about this before, and they, they claim to have beginners' workouts and beginners' mm. programs, but they don't actually know what it feels like yeah. to be a beginner. Their starting point was automatically light years ahead of where we've ever been. And, yeah. you know, especially now as we're talking about changing bodies. They're not beginning again no. in a 40-plus-year-old body that's had two kids. No, they're not. And, you know, especially, like, they might if when they hit 40 and they've had two kids but again their starting off point is still going to be different because they've had a lifetime of fitness leading up to that point which a lot of us haven't so thank you karen thank you yes. for your incredible message i hope um some of the stuff that we've suggested is useful um and it's also just completely totally okay to be exercising in whatever size body you have right now that's it. Exercise will pay dividends. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter if you have an imaginary thigh gap or not. It doesn't <laughs> matter whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80. There is a way to incorporate a little bit of exercise in. And uh, yeah, we're here to help. Yes. And, you know, I completely agree with um, the just thinking about the practicalities of it. You know, as Karen, Karen says, wrangling you know, wrangling your chest, managing your belly while running, chafing, you know, extra pressure, pelvic floor, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's the unglamorous stuff Man, about it's exercise. so relatable, though. <laughs> it is so relatable. But you don't see anyone ever talking about <laughs> boobs while running. <laughs> like, Boob sweat, it's just not, it's just it's not, not as in. sexy as it sounds. Um, but it's real. But it's real. And, yeah, hopefully some of this, some of this helped. The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. Thank you for listening and sharing our little pod. And if you can take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to us and share this episode on your stories, we would be so, so grateful. Yes, it helps other women find our podcast and hopefully, you know, get some of the, the tips and tricks that we share. And don't forget, you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. Also, be like Karen. Send yes. us a message. Yes. Shoot, shoot us an email. Send us a DM. 
we will openly acknowledge that it may take us a little time to get to it, but we read every single message that we receive and we will try to do our very best to come up with some solutions to your little exercise problems. Yes, including next week, uh, Adrian has agreed to give us some tips on, you know, how to get into something like a, a gradual running program or, you know, starting a starting a program from scratch and maybe some of the things that um, you might need to think about in terms of um, avoiding injury and, you know, things like muscle soreness and joints and that kind of stuff as well. Brilliant. All right. All I right. love you. I love you too. I'm off to finish my alcohol-free beer. Not. 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 We've not mentioned a lot, of, not a lot of brands this episode. <laughs> I was going to say, literally zero sponsorship for any of these. But uh, anyway, just recommend go finish my non-alcoholic beer and get some get some study done. Excellent. I'll talk to I you next you. week. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Big name in the water.